This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Well, Dak is back. And the Cowboys did exactly what they needed to do. They played the style of football that they have been playing without Dak. And it showed yesterday how it can be effective. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Want you to be a part of the Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Chris, that was entirely too close of a game yesterday for three quarters plus. <laughs> and then the Detroit Lions do what losing teams do. Mm. They fumbled the football on the goal line. Now, prior to that, Micah Parsons made a huge play yep. uh, down on the goal line to keep them from going in for the touchdown, which allowed them to set up to punch the fumble free. Yeah. The one thing I would say about the Cowboys is, while Dak did not look his sharpest, especially early, I, I would say that they did more than enough in this game with him in that same kind of way they were playing, and this is what it's got to be. They ran the football between Pollard and Elliott well enough. Elliott had a couple of touchdowns. Pollard ended up, what, north of 80 yards, I mm-hmm, think? Mm-hmm. Um, 83 the, yards on the, 12 touches. Right. There wasn't much not to like about what the Cowboys did yesterday in a perf- – I don't know how to describe this other than to say this. There wasn't much not to like in a performance that wasn't a great performance. They did the little things that they had to do to go win the game, and they kept it um, in a simple, simple game plan for Dak's return. No, they did. And what I liked about what Kellen Moore did calling the game was scripting some easy completions early on for Dak. I mean, he missed the layup to Noah Brown on the rollout, which was his first pass attempt, but he goes on to complete the next five passes, and that's a product of the sequencing that Kellen Moore used with the play design, it was simple passes like sit routes for the tight end or the receivers over the middle. There was one tight end pop pass. Like there are certain throws that quarterbacks have been making since they picked up a football. And a lot of those throws showed up in that first quarter and early in the second quarter. Now, did Dak get himself in trouble sometimes trying to force the ball downfield into tight coverage, sometimes double and triple coverage? Sure. The one that comes to mind is that second and 20 midways through the third quarter, midways yeah. through the second quarter where he's trying to hit CeeDee Lamb, and there are three Detroit Lions around him. It's an yeah. ill-advised pass. And so sometimes I think Dak's confidence can get in the way of making sound football decisions and leaning into the strength of his team, which is the run game and the defense. But you can see once the Dallas Cowboys get up on you and they get a lead, that's when you're in trouble because they can unleash that pass rush and Jared Goff felt the full brunt of that late in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's turning the ball over left and right. You yeah. know, this is... But those are forced turnovers. Though. Yes, no, they're, yeah. they're, they're not giving it away. Yeah. Um, Chris, look, they are such a good team defensively that 
it's going to carry them, as we have talked about ad nauseum. What I am curious about is one or two of those moments that you kind of mentioned right there for Dak a little later in this season. When it really matters, is he going to try to do too much? And are the Cowboys going to be patient enough to keep this style of play with Dak on the field? In other words, was this just, he's coming back, let's keep it simple? Or was this, no, this is how we play now, and this is what we're going to do? Well, I mean, they spent the majority of that game trailing, and they didn't get away from the run game. Now, mm-hmm. it was a one-possession game throughout until late, and so I think that afforded them the opportunity. I was like I part of that, it they didn't fear the Lions I think that the, much. I, well, the Lions have shown that they can score points. They, yeah. They've shown that throughout various points during the season. So I think it staying a one-possession game afforded them the opportunity to stay with the run game as long as they did. Because you mentioned it, 32 attempts. And the Cowboys yesterday, when you combine the completions – and the rush attempts, they were at 53. So, I mean, I mean, that's a good place to be. I mean, when you start talking about, I mean, excuse me, 51, that's a good place to be. 51 rush attempts plus completions, that's the formula for success in the National Football League, and that plays into their strength, which is a really dominant defense. But I also think the complexion of the game turns when the Cowboys play from ahead as opposed to behind. Mm. We'll find out about them when they got to play from behind and their commitment to the running game and playing the specific style that they've had success with up until this point in the season. Here's Dak on coming back yesterday. Yeah, I felt great. Um, I felt comfortable with everything. Uh, thumb definitely didn't bother me. Wasn't a thought in my head. Um, felt like after a few throws, um, yeah, I was, I was back into it. Um, and that, that, that drive before uh, halftime, um, I felt like I'd, I made a few that just said, Hey, we're, we're, we're good to go. Don't think about anything again. And, um, yeah, so I felt fine, but this is about the team. This is a great team win. Uh, this is what I've been watching for the last five weeks, this defense, the special teams, um, and just us playing complimentary football, and it was just uh, it's just great to be back and be a part of it. Look, he, he got back in, got his feet wet, as you had talked about the other day. Um, it's clear that if he can play like this and if the Cowboys can continue to play like this, they're going to be fine. It's just, as I look at their schedule – I mean, does it happen in Minnesota where they're in that situation? Mm-hmm. Does it happen? I mean, where does it happen? Like, it feels like, and and this is not a knock on them, okay? It's just who you have in front of you. I'm just looking at it trying to figure out exactly when are the Cowboys going to be in the situation where they have to play from behind. Well, it doesn't feel like it's going to be before the bye week. No. Because they got the Chicago, Chicago Bears. So. And, and please tell me where it's going to be after the bye week. They go to Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay. I mean, right now. Yeah. I, not I, the way that Green Bay is playing. No. They, and, they that offensive line, and that offensive line can't block that pass rush. So, yeah. Minnesota might be the spot. You doubt it's going to be the Giants because that's just a, not their style of play. They're not going to run away from you. <laughs> Look at the rest of that. Indianapolis, Houston, at Jacksonville. All right. Philadelphia at home. That, that could be a spot. At Tennessee, at Washington. Probably not. Yeah. Like, they make, and it's, again, it's not me normally knocking the Cowboys as I do because I can't stand them. There are only two two offenses when you look at the remainder of the schedule that scare you. Only two. I guess my question is, are they going to go into the postseason somewhat untested because of that? (sighs) It's almost like, do you have to force yourself to play that way at some point? No, 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 no. You take your wins how you can get them. Yeah. All right. It's not a oh, we need to create or manufacture adversity just to see if we can play through it. We're not, not going to create we're not, adversity. We're not going to dig the, ourselves into a hole against a really good offensive outfit just to see if we can find out about ourselves. No, I, I should be clear on what I meant by that. 
do you take a time, let's say you're you're up two touchdowns against Houston in a few weeks, mm-hmm. and you decide, you know what, here in the third quarter, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to throw it more. We're going to try to get into a, a situation where we're asking Dak to go You're not going to do that, Carlin. You're not going to do that. You know why you're not going to do that? Because you can't take your wins for granted in this league. Yeah. Anybody can get got on any given Sunday. I mean, we just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers lose in games that they were favored in. And people thought no, ch- they had no chance of losing. And so, no, I don't think you do that. You don't take the opportunity to experiment even when you do have a lead. You put teams away. You stack your wins. And if they don't get tested into the postseason, then so be it. That's what we'll find out about them. But well, to me, it feels like this defense and then Dak being back provides a clear path to them getting to the tournament. Well, that's what speaks to it for me is that the defense – is going to be so good that even if they had a few more tests, I'm still not convinced that they would actually find themselves in that spot of being that far behind. Yeah. I mean, it, listen, I'll give it to you. This defense is really Yeah, and, it, and listen, Sam Williams yesterday had a day, Carlin. <laughs> You're talking about the rookie being able to generate a sack early on in that game in the first half, but then having that sack fumble to end the game. Like, those are big-time plays, and that's not somebody that the Dallas Cowboys were necessarily counting on in terms of being one of their pressure players that they're going to rely on down the stretch. But you've got him. You've got Dorrance Armstrong. You've got Armstrong's Tank Lawrence. Really you've got Tank me. Lawrence. You've got yeah. Michael Parsons, who had another sack fumble yesterday. Like, you have a lot of guys that you can attack quarterbacks with. This defensive line can come at you in waves. And that's only going to make the guys on the back end of that defense that much better. Trevon Diggs and company. You saw Trevon Diggs come up with a big play interception yesterday. Jordan Lewis the same. So if this front can continue to generate pressure the way that they are, this Cowboys defense is going to remain elite throughout the regular season. We need to start pumping up Micah Parsons more. We got this financial interest in this. In case you didn't know, we we have a... plays like he made yesterday at the goal line on their tight end, those are the types of plays that people will remember. I agree. But we need to make these stats a little gaudier. He's, he's only got seven sacks through seven well, it's weeks. It's hard to do that when that's the guy that offensive coordinators are circling in the game plan meeting and saying, we can't let this guy wreck the game. Now, I will say this. As I look around the league right now, there's only one guy that stands out to me as the clear leader for MVP. And that's Patrick Mahomes. The Mahomes boy. Yeah. Mahomes boy. He's been, and we'll get to my him. Mahomes boy. Because if you stop... And stop and just watch what you're seeing. Yeah. What he did to the 49ers yesterday. is exactly what I told you he would do, isn't yes, it? Isn't it, is. it exactly what I told it you is. he would do? Against the number one defense in the yep. NFL, he was going to make a statement coming off of a loss. Can we get and him? boy, did he ever. Can we get him to take a couple weeks off? Just a little vacation? Not hurt. Just vacation. Just a vacation? Yeah. Just, nah. Nah, they trying to get that number one seed in the AFC. No vacation for Pat Mahomes. Did you look at what your, your bet Slip says that you could win if if we're right about this. I did not. Yeah, I think you need to do that again. We're going to start talking about Micah some more. It's Kante Carlin, ESPN Radio. We have a collective show bet where we are all in together. Myself, Kante, Evan Wilner, Ryan Matlack, we are all in together on Micah Parsons winning the MVP. That is correct. And the odds ranged from 150 to 1 to 300 to 1 on the wagers that we put in that were not insignificant they weren't they weren't massive because i don't have that kind of money to throw around but we we certainly could take a nice little vacation if we needed to so we could join pat mahomes so we may not even be able to hide it much anymore if we start pumping him up more yeah but seven sacks so far and it was the league in sacks it was a tremendous 
tremendous play on the goal line. He's leading the league in sacks, man. And he's tied for the league lead with Nick Bosa. Well, he's leading the league in sacks. Okay. Listen, all I'm saying is I want to – and tell me I'm wrong about this. That number needs to be gaudy. It needs to be like 23 sacks. He needs to set the record this year to really be in that true discussion. Did you forget he plays for the Dallas Cowboys? I, I know. He leads the league in sacks, mm-hmm. and based on what the sack number is for the league leaders have been in the past couple of years, it's going to be a gaudy but, number. But, if he leads the league in sacks and the Dallas Cowboys are in the playoffs, Michael Parsons is going to get MVP consideration. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Speaking of MVPs, the verdict is in on the Yankees season. And, uh, now we're waiting for the judge's ruling. See what we did there? I see that. I didn't do it. Evan did it. I'll give him credit. That's not bad. We'll give you the answers next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Even last night, was there ever a moment that you thought, even at 3 nothing? that the Yankees were going to win the game last night? No. Not once? No. I was hoping, though. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Just live to fight another day. Find a way to be able to get through that. Get one win, and then you move on. But no. No. And, Carlin, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it, but Hembo this morning on Greeny said you could actually get a Yankees ticket to yesterday's game for 20 bucks. Oof. Yankees fans have already Oof. resigned themselves to the fact that down 3-0, this team had no shot. What's the point in even showing up to the stadium? Wow. That's how bad it is. And if you're Heil Steinbrenner, that's, that's, that- what, that's <laughs> what you should be paying attention to. When your fan base is disinterested because they don't think you even have a chance to compete for a championship, that's a problem. Well, let's get a feel for it right now. We welcome in Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining Canty and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio. Buster, that was that was a tough watch for the Yankees in the last four games. I mean, this is now five straight league championship series that they have lost. Exactly, is it just in the fact that they continue to assemble this team in a way that is constructed well for the regular season, but not maybe for the postseason? Well, and I'm going to say say something that's not going to be satisfying for for Chris Canty as a Yankees fan or any other Yankee fan for that matter. You know, the reason why they got their butts kicked was because Houston is that much better a team. Like, their pitching is ridiculous. Now, moving forward, uh, I do think that Hal Steinbrenner needs to change the way that he does things. And in particular, you know, he's got to get away from the mentality of, 
look, we have to be financially uh, responsible. We owe it to other teams. I mean, you've seen the San Diego Padres, their owner, uh, Peter Seidler, basically come out and said, I want to win a championship. You know what? Our franchise will be fine. Our franchise value is going up. I'll be okay financially if we spend more than maybe uh, the market dictates. You've got the Yankees who have a ton of money, uh, and Hal at some point, I think, needs to step out of the bounds of, of that checkbook and begin to and to write uh, and be more aggressive. And I think that's going to start with Aaron Judge. You have to make sure that you bring back Aaron Judge. And it might be in a comfortable number. It might even be a little bit of a crazy number, given the fact that he turns 31 next year. But given the demands of the moment and where the team stands, they have to bring him back uh, for uh, obviously it would be essentially a white flag offer compared to what they offered in the spring. Buster, there was a lot there, and it's a lot to unpack for us. But I want to I want to focus on the one thing that you said in terms of the Houston Astros being that much better of a team than the Yankees are. I mean, at this point, shouldn't Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner resign themselves to the fact that this is the team that you're going to have to beat if you want to get back to a World Series? It's been over a decade since this team has had a chance to win a championship on that stage, and the Houston Astros have been in your way three of the last six years. I mean, 2017 we saw it, 2019 we saw it, now again in 2022. At what point do you acknowledge, okay, we've got to build a roster and a lineup that doesn't have as much swing and miss as we've seen in the past because we know that the Astros lineup doesn't have a lot of swing and miss either. So we've got to be able to compete offensively with that team if we want to get back to the World Series. Yeah, and I think that they, you know, believed on paper that they had a team that was better in terms of swing and miss. You know, having DJ LeMahieu in the lineup, but then he gets hurt. Uh, you know, making the deal for Andrew Benintendi, and then he suffers a broken handmate. You know, those two guys were theoretically the guys who could help with that. I thought the biggest difference between the teams, and this is where I think the Yankees need to focus their efforts. The oh, Astros' <laughs> advantage, uh, uh, you know, the Astros' advantage over the Yankees is the starting rotation. Yeah. Right. When you look up and down the depth of that rotation, um, it's extraordinary the difference between the two teams. I actually think that, you know, the Yankees had constructed a bullpen that could go toe to toe with the Astros. But, you know, during this series, when they would show shots of the dugout, there was Chad Green who blew out. There was Michael King who blew out, Scott Efros, et cetera. They lost a lot of those pieces, um, you know, and, and they obviously have to rebuild the bullpen, but they need to pay for starting pitching. And does that mean, you know, going after Chris Bassett? Uh, does it mean going after Carlos Rodon? Uh, you know, whoever it is, they, that to me is the, the biggest difference between these two teams. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider. You said this morning that Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone will be back, but Buster, should they be at this point? Well, and, and to be clear, what I, uh, Chris, what I said was is that, you know, that I believe that both those guys will come back. I mean, Brian's contract is set mm. to expire at some point. Uh, you know, he can make a decision if he chooses to walk away. Or maybe Hal Steinbrenner says, look, I need a different direction. Uh, I would say I think Hal has a very strong working relationship with Brian, which is why I don't think he changed there. Uh, and they just gave Aaron Boone you know, a, a three-year extension this fall. And I don't think anybody, even the biggest critic for Aaron Boone, could say in watching that series that while, yeah, he made decisions that made you scratch your head at times, for example, in game three, uh, you know, bringing in Trevino instead of uh, Loisaga, 
he was not the reason why they lost that series. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that that's the way they go. I am going to be curious to see if they take a much more aggressive approach, though, you know, with Brian in free agency. Switching gears, Buster, and going over to what we saw in the NLCS with the Phillies punching their ticket to the World Series. I, I think the moment that every Phillies fan was waiting on from Bryce Harper happened in yesterday's game in the eighth inning when he hits that home run. And I just got to ask right now, this guy is the hottest hitter in the postseason. You're talking about him leading Major League Baseball in hits and in extra base hits. If the Phillies are able to finish this deal, does this reestablish Bryce Harper as one of the faces of the sport? Yeah, I don't think anybody who's coming out and saying that Bryce Harper's the most overrated guy in the sport is too loud today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, in that series, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper had nine extra base hits. The Padres team had ten. Uh, you know, what's really cool to me is, you know, I mean, when Bryce came up, you know, he's brash, young guy. He's represented by Scott Boris. When he became a free agent, some of the teams, you know, they were thinking about it like, boy, you know, how much is it going to be about the team form? Well, as it turns out, everything. Uh, and what's been so cool, you talk to Phillies people, you know, media relations people, community relations people, and they basically have said since day one when he signed that deal, look, he's all in. Like, he is absolutely doing everything that we've asked him to do. We experienced that on Sunday Night Baseball. You know, we asked him to wear microphones repeatedly. We had one game during the pandemic when uh, it fell on the on the warning track. He went over, retrieved it, picked it up, and said, hey, guys, can you hear me? He was on with us for like eight innings. Like, he's been all in on that experience, and he saw that last night. You know, what a team leader. I mean, it kind of reminded you, uh, Scott Pransky, their play-by-play guy, told me today, kind of like Michael Jordan in those big moments where he just seems so relaxed, like, yeah, this is the way it was going to be all along. And if you're going to be the 12th seed in baseball and make it to the World Series, you need that kind of leadership. Buster, last one for me. Is anyone going to have a longer offseason than Bob Melvin? Oof. Uh, yeah, Aaron Boone. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, Buster, listen, I, I, I'm trying to buy into his explanation. You have Josh Hader. How do you not use him in that situation? No. Um, and I, I think that, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, in a right away when you saw how this played out, you thought that he would make a mistake. Look, a reason why I believe, you know, Terry Francona, Bruce Bochy, your new guy, are, you know, uh, have separated themselves from a lot of their peers in terms of managing bullpen is that they have an instinct of recognizing the jugular. I think Craig Council of the Brewers is really good at this. I think Alex Core of the Red Sox is really good at this, of seeing the moment when it feels like the game is on the line and you got to go for your best. And I, I thought Bob missed that yesterday. Appreciate it, Buster, as always. Thanks very much. I'm sure we'll be talking soon about Aaron Judge. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider. That's that's one thing I can never stomach as a fan mm. when a manager makes that kind of a decision and goes down with his best still waiting yeah, without the chance to go shut the door. And uh, is there anybody on the planet that doesn't know that Bryce Harper just crushes right-handed pitching? Anybody? No. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't I – don't, I didn't understand it. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We saw some pretty, pretty good things yesterday. The best quarterback in the NFL was on full display. And there's a first-place team that, if you saw this coming, go buy a lottery ticket. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I saw some good things yesterday. When you need positivity, who do you come to? It's your boy. They come to you? <laughs> Dear God, help us. <laughs> but you have to be positive today. I'm a beacon of light. You have to be positive today. You How know can why? I not be? Because it's your turn to do the top five. It exactly is just that. So let's not waste any time and get right to it. Here's Carlin with the top five. Yeah, that's right. Number five. Number five, my friends. What a job yesterday by the Cincinnati Bengals Mm. right out of the gate. And listen, this was for everybody we told you about on Friday who was starting to believe in the Atlanta Falcons. Please, just stop. The Bengals came out and scored on their first four possessions (laughs) of the game. Touchdowns on their first four possessions of the game. See, here's what I particularly like about that. That was kind of the one of the first signals for me this year that the Bengals are coming back to resemble what they were last year. Yeah. And I felt good about seeing that. It was a team that they had to take advantage of at home. And while, you know, they did give up 17 points in the second quarter, the game was never in any kind of doubt. Never. No. no. And Joe Burrow breaks the tie with Dan Marino for the most 400-yard passing games through the first three years. Five. Think about 400 that. 400 plus yard passing games for Joe Burrow. Think about at that. At this stage in his career. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals get number five. Number four. The New York Giants just find ways. And I. I Say it again. The New York Giants just find yeah, ways. Yeah, buddy. They're six and one. <laughs> and, and somebody tweeted this yesterday. It's 100% true. The Giants might end up being the worst 15 and one team of all time. <laughs> or 16 and one, you mean? Or 16 and one, excuse there you go. me. 16 but and one. point being is that. I can't figure out in some spots how they win these games. Sure. Uh, Just the fact that yesterday boils down to the very end and Trevor Lawrence uh, throwing it just short of the goal line. I don't blame him for that. I mean, Kirk could have gotten in, but what happened? The Giants made a play. Yeah, Fabian Moreau made the tackle. Xavier McKinney came and helped out. They put bodies around Christian Kirk, and they didn't let him get into the end zone. That was a hell of a play. They shouldn't have been in that situation. There was no. that phantom. Pass I don't know what the call. penalty was from the uh, or, or why they. Uh, why, by the way, or uh, I think it was Barkley, a defensive holding penalty. Well, there was a penalty, but yeah. there was also Barkley on the previous series who went down but touched out of bounds. Yes, but like to me, when he declared himself down, he should have been down. That's getting in the weeds. That's, that's, that's far, fine. far in the but weeds. But yeah. point being. The Giants just make plays. They find ways to win these games. Now the best start since 2008. Phenomenal. 
Phenomenal. Great job by the Giants. Number three. I felt great for Steve Wilkes yesterday. I absolutely did. And this is a guy that we all owe another opportunity to at some point here. I hope he gets another chance to coach because it would have been easy for that team to fold up and go home. And they didn't yesterday without – they trade away Robbie Anderson and then they trade away Christian McCaffrey and they come out and they pound, pound the Tampa Bay Bucks. Absolutely phenomenal job. I hope Steve Wilkes gets another opportunity to coach, uh, to be a head coach. I like the fact that you use the term pound because that's their mantra, keep pounding. Yeah, that's what well, they did yesterday. There you go. Yes. Number two. Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith. Geno Smith! Who? He might be the biggest challenge to Micah Parsons for the MVP. Wow. Look at Geno Smith. Look at what he's doing. Look at the Seahawks going in and just hammering the Chargers yesterday. And Kenneth Walker, listen. The the Chargers went out and tried to address their run defense. That did not work well yesterday. No. Holy cow. He had 168 yards rushing. And Geno Smith, just give the guy credit. Yeah, I never loved him. I, I never loved what he pulled with IKN and Polly or any of that stuff. And he got punched out for that. And, and I, I didn't think he was the greatest teammate and all that. But you know what? He's matured. He's learned a lot. And now... He's getting to enjoy this a little bit. Good for Geno Smith. How are the, are the Seahawks going to win the division? It looks like it right now. They're Colin. in first place in the yeah. NFC West. And Geno Smith has the fourth highest QBR of any quarterback through the first seven games of the season. Wow. Think Geno about that. Smith. He's with Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Which doesn't belong and why? <laughs> Number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, speaking of Mahomes, did you just forget? Did you honestly just forget? That was a beatdown. Yesterday, uh, speaking of 400-yard games, I mean, you had two 100-yard receivers. The first time the Chiefs have had that in one game in 22 years. How is that possible? Juju showed up. He, he has gradually become a bigger part of that offense. And if you were worried about losing Tyreek Hill, you weren't paying attention. He's still the best quarterback in the game, period. That's the top five. You're welcome that I just freshened up your day. Well done with your top five. Thank no you. arguments, no complaints, no objections. Speaking of those Chiefs, we'll get to more on them in a second. Why you just need to stop comparing anybody to the quarterback. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I, I tell you what, that moment for Bryce Harper was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And the best part about it was seeing him in the dugout afterward and mouthing the words, wow, I just did that. Like, I mean, Chris, that's the that's the play that we all dream about when we're in the backyard playing wiffle ball, that you can hit the ball out of the ballpark to send your team to the World Series. Are you kidding me? There's no doubt about it, man. And it's just that special moment. And I told it to Buster. I mean, that's the moment that Phillies fans were waiting for when you signed Bryce Harper to that $300-plus yeah. million dollar deal a couple of years ago. 
That's it. That's what you wanted him to deliver on. And the fact that this team is going to the World Series, as improbable as that may have looked at the outset of the postseason. Carlin, you and I had the Cardinals, the team they faced off against in the wild card, as the team we thought that was playing in the wild card round that could actually make a World Series run. And it ends up being the Phillies. Nobody that was handicapping the, the NL East had the Phillies on the bingo card as the team that would be able to get out of that division and go to the World Series. Everybody said it was going to have to be the Braves or the Mets. Nobody thought the Phillies would be able to get that done, but that's credit to a really strong lineup and really good pitching, which we saw on display front and center. And and earlier today, this idea came up. Evan Wilner, as I give credit, brought it up to us. You know, if if Harper goes and wins the World Series and wins the World Series MVP like you won LCS MVP, mm-hmm. does he all of a sudden become the face of the game again, so to speak? Because he kind of yeah. already has he been was, once. Yeah. I mean, he won an MVP in his yeah. mid-20s. Yeah. Here's, here's Marley Rivera. She was on earlier today with Barton Hahn. We identify himself as the face of baseball with this 19-year-old that we saw this phenom, right? You know, it doesn't matter how much money you make if yeah. you don't bring championships to your town, yeah. if you don't bring them hope. And that's precisely what Bryce Harper has done in the first playoffs in more than a decade. And, and listen, the the city there is as floored as anybody that they're there, but they couldn't be enjoying it more. And and let me tell you, I he's kind of surpassed Trout for me right now. Mm-hmm. We can all talk about Trout, but Mike, being from Philly, can sit in the stands and watch because this is this is a guy who came in with incredible hype when he did as a young player. And has basically lived up to it. No, he's lived up to the hype. He's got the MVP, but the only thing that's missing on the resume is having an opportunity to win championships. And, and, have, and the knock is they won it after he left in and Washington. That's, and that's the problem, yeah. right? The Nationals won it, and, and everybody's like, well, wow, we were better off without Bryce Harper. But now Bryce Harper has an opportunity to show his impact on the biggest stage that the game is, has to offer. And I think that does help reestablish him as one of the faces of baseball. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action with the World Series now beginning this week. Presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Be a part of the program on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. The 49ers were the best defense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes threw for 423 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I think we have established once again who the best player in the game is, who the best quarterback in the game is, certainly. And I don't understand why there is this hurry to anoint Josh Allen or anybody else when this guy continues to perform at a ridiculous level, even when you take away his best weapon overall. Carlin, it's absolutely ridiculous what Pat Mahomes does. And I saw this stat from NFL Research, man, and I had to do a second take because I just couldn't believe it. So since 2019, QBs with the highest win percentage, including the playoff games, minimum of 10 starts, it's Pat Mahomes, 79% of his starts. Then it's Aaron Rodgers, 73% of his starts. Then it's Pat Mahomes in games his team is trailed by 10-plus points at 70% of his starts. Think about that. 70% of the games where he starts and his team trails by 10 or more points, this guy wins. It's unbelievable. And yesterday, finds himself in that same situation against the San Francisco 49ers. They get down early. This team doesn't blink because the quarterback doesn't blink. 
Pat Mahomes, very workmanlike, performed surgery on that San Francisco 49ers defense, and then you're just talking about scoring drive after scoring drive after scoring drive. Okay? And what did they do? It's it's 28-23. Yeah. The, the, the 49ers cut into it, and they go out and then just tear them up on the next couple of – on the next three, four pose- possessions, win the game, and then uh, they also get a safety sandwich in the middle of there too. Yeah. Why do we keep doubting this guy? It's not even doubting. Why do we keep stopping paying attention to him? Like we, we it's kind of like, oh, that's nice, and then we all collectively look over in another direction to find the next shiny toy. Why is that? Because I think everybody's realized how dominant he is, and now he's the litmus test. And in the last two regular seasons, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have gone into Arrowhead and beaten them in the regular season. But everybody discounts the fact that when they get to the playoffs, the Bills come into Arrowhead and they end up losing. When 2020, it was in the AFC Championship game. Last year, it was in the divisional round. And to me, that's, that's all that matters. Like, Pat Mahomes, when his team needs it the most, finds a way to make winning plays. And that's what we saw yesterday. But I think the caveat to yesterday was the statement that Pat Mahomes and that Chiefs offense made to the rest of the National Football League that they are the most explosive outfit even without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And I I give Schuster credit because uh, – Smith Schuster, I should say. Yeah. Because, I mean, Chris, early in the year, he was barely involved. Yeah. He wasn't – and it was supposed to be he's the guy that they're all raving about and that is going to be uh, one of the biggest reasons that they're going to be able to live without uh, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And he is a guy that before has been a little frustrated when things have not been going his way. And you didn't hear a peep out of him. And, and let's just – this is the other thing, too. I used to be on the other side of this. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches the game has ever seen. No doubt. The fact, and I and I heard Alex Smith talking about this today on the Daily with uh, Pablo Torre. Just the fact that Andy Reid brings all these guys into his, into his offense, it looks remarkably complicated, but the way Smith was describing it, he said, it's so simple for guys to learn. It's so simple for guys to come in and make immediate impact, even though you watch this thing, and it looks like you are trying to do calculus, yeah. figuring out who's <laughs> going to be where. Yeah. I mean, that speaks volumes to me about the quality of coach you are. And yes, he's only won one, but he's, give me Andy he's won, Carlin, he's won 100 games with two different franchises. Yeah. That's enough. That proves his qualifications. He's won at the highest level in this sport. They've hosted four consecutive conference championship games at Arrowhead. What more do you have to prove to show that Andy Reid's a good coach? And what more do you have to prove in terms of Pat Mahomes being the best player in well, this sport? Well, because every time we talk about the greatest coaches in the history of the game, his name doesn't really come up. Belichick's name comes up. Parcell's name comes up. Plenty of other names come up. Andy I think Re- it'll I think it'll change in this era of Chiefs football. And, and admittedly, it'll I used change. to be one of the guys that would criticize him for always coming up short in Philadelphia and never finding a way to get a championship there. and then He never had a quarterback like this in Philadelphia. No, he did not. Yeah. No, he and did not. And that's the difference. And we all know it's a quarterback-driven league, but yes. to develop a player like this speaks to the greatness of Andy Reid. We'll give Eric B. Enemy credit as well and the rest of that offensive staff, but this is Andy Reid's brainchild. And for them to be able to – shift gears in terms of their identity and reimagine what this offense can be without the speed element of Tyreek Hill, I think it speaks volumes about how good they are at what they do. They've been able to make the adjustments to the modern game and, uh, and, and figure out how to exploit 
what these defenses are doing now in these sub packages. And that's why Pat Mahomes is having so much success. So credit where credit is due, man. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, as long as those two stay together, they're going to win championships. And I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize the championships part. It's plural. They're going to get some more rings. There's going to be some more hardware. This is the team this year to beat in the AFC, regardless of what happened in week six. Can they beat Buffalo in Buffalo? Man, the way way they played yesterday, they can beat anybody anywhere. It kind of felt like that. The way they played yesterday, they can beat anybody anywhere. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Pat Mahomes after losses is absolutely surgical. You got Pat Mahomes as motivated as you're going to see Pat Mahomes in yesterday's game. He's now 13-3 and coming off of losses in games that he starts. 13-3. and That just shows you how good this dude actually is. He's special, man. Yeah. And he's never going to be out of it. So, I get it. It didn't work out for them against the Buffalo Bills in the regular season, but that happened last year, and we saw how the playoffs turned out. So, all I'm simply saying is the Bills look like the most dominant team right now in the NFL, but it's not about being the best team right now. It's about being the best team in January and February. There's part of me that wants to see them go to – even though I, I, I root for Buffalo, there's part of me that wants to see them go to Buffalo and win and see them against Philadelphia or somebody like that because I'm not convinced that right now, even though they're 5-2, and two, they're not the best team, period, in the game. Agreed. Carlin, that offense has scored 40 points three times. We ain't played for seven games. Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.